What if you were the living embodiment of all pervasive peace? What if all sentient beings all around you increase their vibration towards harmony by merely being in your contact? What if through conscious reasoning, focused will, and intentional living, you reform yourself? thereby becoming a catalyst in sparking transformation in others. I'm Shilpa Lewis, meditation, mindset, and mindfulness coach for midlife mompreneurs, and you are listening to Omnipresent Awareness, the podcast that will inspire you to use your story to serve humanity, and not just healing, but thriving as souls, each fulfilling their highest purpose. Namaste. Thanks for tuning in to Omnipresent Awareness. This is your host, Shilpa Lewis, and welcome back. Okay, so I'm running a little challenge as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. So here's a little request from me to you. If you feel like you have received any value at all from these episodes, then please write a little review and take a screenshot of your review. Once you've done that, email that screenshot to me at omnimindfulness at gmail.com. Once I get your screenshot, you will receive one of my infographics, Spark Your Meditation Practice Through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is the Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you will receive a link to my guided meditation where you can daily practice intention setting with some inspirational music and breath work. This infographic, along with the guided meditation, is guaranteed to have you start your practice for meditation with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, for you to be able to manifest the best meditation practice. So thank you for showing up, listening, and being inspired, and most importantly, taking action. I appreciate you. So again, please don't forget to take a screenshot of your review and send it to omnimindfulness at gmail.com and I will send you that infographic and the link to the guided meditation. And now, a conversation recorded with my partner in awareness, Tanya, from our joint podcast, Mindful Mompreneur Moments. And oh yeah, if you could, please listen to the very end of the podcast for powerful insights from our guest. Thank you. Next up, Magda Lozada Morales, founder of MLM Brand, the modern mom fashion brand. Magda lives in Los Angeles with her husband and two boys. A political scientist, researcher turned entrepreneur and fashion designer, Magda decided to pause her career and focus on her young family while she was trying to launch an apparel brand when her second son was born in 2017. She always loved fashion, but she never imagined this passion would lead her away from her career in research to designing breastfeeding friendly dresses. Magda cares deeply about our environment, sustainability, 
and minimal waste among her brand's core values. She is also passionate about improving family policies, elevating the voices of women, and advocating for women in the workplace. Stay tuned and listen to Magda's story. Greetings, Magda. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Shilpa. Hello. Thank you for being with us. So we're going to jump right in and we are going to ask you. First question is, what is your backstory, Magda? Uh, Where did you get started and any highlights of your journey? And then I have a little follow-up question to that. Okay, sure. Um, yes. Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Magdala Sota Morales. Um, I am a Polish transplant, transplant currently living in Los Angeles. Um, I have two little boys. Uh, they are four and seven. Um, and um, currently, I am creating a maternity fashion brand for moms who choose to breastfeed or um, express milk for their children. And it's been, as we you know, said before, it's been a labor of love. I've had this idea. I've um, you know, um, played with the idea of doing something that would give me a little bit more flexibility to be there for um my young family um while also having a husband with a demanding career um i didn't want my children to you know not have both parents present uh, most of the time um so i had a few ideas and you know ultimately um my journey took me to this decision um to start to designing uh breastfeeding and pumping friendly um dresses so when you look sort of at, at my website and and you know you'll see three designs uh and it's all true <laughs> we only have three designs i'm going you know very slowly at my own pace bootstrapping everything um, but I've been in business for about two and a half years and, um, and it's, you know, it's been, it's been a great experience. You know, I always, uh, even though there was a ton of, um, up and downs, I've learned so much, uh, even, you know, about myself and how to handle difficult situations. You know, I'll give you an example <laughs> very recently. It's just so common in the fashion industry when you're trying to have a factory manufacture your your design um you know and there's there are horror stories about you know the factories not doing a good job or just you know putting a zipper you know in front where it should go in the back or doing some crazy mistakes that you know for small businesses like mine where i bootstrap everything so every hundred dollars counts is a big deal um, but, you know, for example, recently I had a situation where the factory said we shipped all the fabric, we shipped all the trims patterns to them in Chicago. And, you know, they saw the pattern, they said, well, we can't, we don't have the m- machines to basically make your garments. After and that's something, reason. yes, that's something, you know, if that happened to me two years ago. I would lose my mind, you know, it would take me a lot of inner work to be like, you know, not take it personally, it's not your fault, let's calm down, you know, and try to find a solution. That was Magda, you know, two, three years ago, uh, because I just wanted to get it done, get there, you know, be successful, whatever success 
mean meant to me or means today. Um, but I sure didn't want to deal with any, um, you know, challenges and any setbacks like that. Well, this time it happened to me a couple of months ago. I, it, it honestly, like it didn't even like bother me. It was just like one more thing to do. Yeah, it's sure. You know, I was like, oh, well, that's going to add, you know, a few weeks to our production timeline, which means the design won't be available for purchase for, you know, probably another four to six weeks. So yeah, I saw that, you know, kind of a matter of fact, um, but it didn't bother me or didn't, you know, anger me the way it would in the past. So I think that, you know, that's one of the things that I've learned, um, you know, on this journey and just kind of pivot and, you know, not take things personally. Um, and I, you know, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's I sorry. Just, yeah, go ahead. I just love hearing your journey. Um, and along the way, you, it sounds like you've also learned about also tapping into um, your own kind of mindfulness about your reaction. Yeah. So I, you know, I've been, uh, I've been meditating, um, let's see, almost three years, I think two or three years. I I'm trying to remember, <clears throat> but you know, at one point, you know, I, I became a mom, first time mom, then I had a second child, my husband was still in doing his, you know, demanding career. Um, and I felt, I felt like I kind of lost control of myself. Like I, I all of a sudden, I felt like I was just like angry, overwhelmed, overtired person. And yeah, I am, you know, on the anxious type A side, but, um, you know, a lot of people are, but I felt like it really was, I didn't like myself, you know, I, I, I didn't like myself, I didn't have a whole ton of choices in terms, in, ter in terms of, you know, self care and kind of doing all the things that people tell you without mentioning that you also for that need to have for a lot of these things, you need to have a babysitter or financial resources or, um, you know, someone to take care of your kids Well, you go out for that walk, right? <laughs> um, so I found my way into meditation and yeah, I find it very, very helpful. I find it very helpful. Um, I just used the app that's called Calm and I feel like the topics that they, you know, talk, I, I do the um, 10 minute daily meditation and most of these topics resonate with me, you know, how to, um, you know, get closure from a situation and move forward. Um, you know, how not to dwell on the past, um, you know, things like that. Like, I'm sure I say it like, it's like, you know, a wow moment, but I'm sure a lot of people resonate with that because we yeah. all deal with similar things. Right. Um, I'm smiling ear so, to ear. Yeah. I, everything you're saying resonates so deeply with me, including uh, like, I'm literally breastfeeding as we're on. This, yes, on I was going call. to say so <laughs> yeah. immediately just the fact that, you know, your whole business is around 
helping women who breastfeed feeling just beautiful in what they're wearing while they breastfeed that resonates so deeply and the fact that you said you can even stand yourself because I could so see that that's one of the things that I share as my story as why I got into meditation and stuff like I couldn't stand myself I was just always irritated you know the hustle and bustle of nine to five it's just so like irritating you get home you have to cook you have to you know mommy 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 yes yeah, second I, shift you know yeah. as a matter I I mean everything you say I think that's why it's so important it might seem like it's such a like simple day in a mom's life in a woman's life but I feel like we all go through that and you're so hard on yourselves for you know for losing our patience but I was telling my son yesterday I you know I get frustrated with them because everybody just got home and you know my kids are older now so they're at school on a good day they're at school from you know um eight to three and so i have the time to to work on my business but you know i work like i am very productive you know i i do things all the time and so when and i miss my kids then when it's time to pick them up i miss them i I'm so happy to see them. But you know what is the first thing they get home? They do when they get home. They start fighting. And it's like, okay, I so yesterday what happened? I uh quick, you know, they got home. I was quickly trying to make a shopping list uh for a virtual baking night for my son's preschool. So I was sitting there in the corner trying to like, okay, red food coloring, you know, two cups of white chocolate chips and they're fighting, right? So my anxiety is rising because I'm trying to, you know, I like, I switched from work mode to mommy mode without taking a breath, without, you know, like kind of acknowledging like now, you know, I went straight into my second job, right? To your point, like we, there's very little break. And so then I had to go back. And so I was unpleasant to my son. I said, guys, you get, you have to stop fighting about the, you know, having these like petty arguments about, you know, where the iPad is going to be standing while you're like watching something, you know, cause it's silly stuff like that. And I should have patience for it, but I didn't give myself that time and that break to switch from work mode, I went from like work mode to the mommy work mode. And, and that wasn't right. So I was trying to explain it to him that, you know, like I should, I'm an adult, I should have taken a breath and, you know, a deep breath and should have like walked away. And you could see like how grateful he was that I, you know, here I am like the, you know, I am his mommy, like I tell him what to do all the time. But I also say sorry, because I screwed up. I'm still learning along the way with him. And I feel like, you know, yeah, I wish I didn't lose my patience. I wish I already knew how to control my temper all the time. But I didn't. I think that after, um, you know, what we do after, you know, a situation like this, it's also valuable. Um, That is so that's a, such a beautiful insight for our listeners because it's so like the um, John Kabat-Zinn, I, th- I believe, is, is the one who always says, begin again. Like whatever yes. happens, just begin again. And the fact that you have the awareness to know that, okay, he, they're eight, they're nine, they're, you know, or they're a child. They don't really understand. They're not developed enough to understand that they're not supposed to be fighting over an iPad and TV, you know? Yeah. You have the awareness to come back and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I lost my, you know. It's yeah, it's a beautiful, and, you know, I think it comes with time. And, you know, I also learned from my husband, I asked him sometimes, you know, like, 
you just, you know, you, you're not here. And then you lost your patience with your son. Like, how do you not like, how do you sleep at night? Because I always, I mean, I didn't mean it like that. You know, I meant more, um, do you feel guilty about it? And if you don't, how, what's the, what's the process? What's the thought process behind it to get you from that? Well, gee, you know, like I just like yelled at my kid, but you know, I, and I think it's what you said, you know, every day you get to start over and um, you get another, you know, chance to make it better. And I think as long as we're trying to be our best, you know, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's good enough, you know, we're not, I don't want my kids to think that I never make, make mistakes. I, you know, I make mistakes. We, and I think it also teaches the kids, like, we all make mistakes. Yes, you know, now with their mistakes, it's more, you know, like, I don't know, maybe pushing a friend that was like, cutting the line in front of them, or, you know, not getting all the spelling words on the spelling test. It's not, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. How can I do better next time? Right? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So you've yeah. described a little bit about what your business is. What would you say would classify this as your second act? You know, um, because I would say, and I don't know if it's my second, if it is my second act, I don't know if it's my last act, if, if it's, you know, sort of a segue into something um, that's, you know, out there um, for me that I might have a vague idea of what it might be. I know what I'm passionate about, uh, but, you know, I don't know. Right now I'm in my second act. And what I mean is that by that is that, you know, my whole life, I thought I would be a politician. I went, I grew up in Poland and I, um, my family was always involved in local politics and, you know, the voting, um, you know, the um, issues that concern our community. Like I remember, you know, my parents being involved in an initiative where um, we had recycling bins, you know, actually brought to our neighborhood in Poland. And it was just so exciting. Um, I've always seen the power of community and what can happen at the local level of politics. You know, I didn't know how... <clears throat> how negative it can be. Um, you know, I don't want to dwell really on that because I think that um, that's not the point. I think there's a lot of power in the communities and there's a lot of change that can happen at the local level, right? So I've always wanted to be in politics and I went into political science um, and I loved history. I loved all the social studies. Um, I wanted to be a local politician. And then, you know, life kind of had other plans because it brought me over to the United States. And I think one of the key elements, um, you know, to be a successful, you know, political activist or politician is that you have to be known and active in your community. Well, I found myself here in the U.S. and I didn't know anybody. I sure didn't grow up here. So I was like, hmm, I don't know that that's still something that I see myself doing and then there was also I didn't speak my English wasn't so good you know I I had insecurities around that for the longest time I mean I remember my like public speaking class that we had to take in college that was like the most stressful thing in the world but um 
you know, I'm obviously like not there anymore. And so along the way, I did finish my uh, political science degree. And I even went on to grad school. Um, but I, I lost the passion, you know, like I didn't see how a girl from, you know, Poland could find a place in American politics, even at the local level, right? I didn't have the connections. I didn't have, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that you need to do. Uh, you have to know a lot about local politics. I, I didn't. Uh, politics here is very different. So um, you would have done great, by the way. I think, you know, I, and I will tell you um, how I can see the circle closing in a little bit, uh, you know, at the moment. So I finished my degrees and um, ended up working in survey research because along the way, as I found myself not so confident about, you know, becoming a local politician in the U.S., I... Um, to classes in business and statistics in more uh, quantitative sort of research. So then I ended up getting a job in survey research and I worked um, for about eight years before I decided to that, you know, corporate America wasn't for me and for my young family. And that's when I started MLM brand. So that's how I see that, you know, what I'm doing right now is uh, my second act. And let me just, you know, tell you where I see maybe the circle, you know, my like two paths sort of merging together, because I'm also very passionate about paid leave and supporting um, parents in workplaces. I think you being in Canada, you're probably just like scoffing at what we do in this country all the yeah, time I because cannot, it's. I can't even. This is a conversation mm. that it, on its own, <laughs> yes. like for days. It's I can't even understand it. Yes. Topic. We we might even need to have a separate podcast just on this because I know someone who works in politics. She was in one of our. Uh, she was one of our guests, and she would be so passionate about this. But just to interject. Yes. Oh, no, then I need to I need to look at your episodes, because that's totally something I would love to, um, you know, I would love to get into, um, you know, more. But this is just to say that even though, you know, I had my first act, which I consider going to college for something I thought I would be doing, um, you know, as my career doing it, you know, a version of it and then just deciding to start over in a completely different um, industry. But now, you know, paid leave and, um, you know, making sure that all working parents, if they want to work, they feel supported the way we would expect them, you know, in Europe, in Canada. Um, you know, it, it will, it is a political issue, right? That's the reason that's one of the big reasons we don't have it. So that's how I see my passion sort of for local politics, going through, you know, trying to create designs that empower moms who go back to the office, but want to, you know, express milk for their kids, or just, you know, breastfeed um, on the go. I can see how that, you know, then sort of brought me into, um, you know, paid leave and the whole controversy around that. So who knows? I don't know. I'm not there yet. Um, but maybe we will be huge supporters. Yeah, we'll be absolutely huge supporters. And we have stories that go with it that will fuel the fire. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of fueling the fire, so I'm actually 
really excited also because of this notion of second act among so many women. And you alluded to this thing that this <clears> means I <throat> only act. There, there's other stuff. And what's interesting about growing up, at least in the U.S. or perhaps in other countries, is that somehow we define our identity. Like, I have found that box, now I'm going to fit in it. And do I need to stay in that box for the rest of my career? Mm -hmm. And what's true, for <clears throat> me, I believe I'm hearing this for you, is I'm multifaceted. I like politics. I like to talk to people. I would like to take a platform and make change for people. And so having said that, could you share a little bit about what drives you when you hear the term second act? You had started to tell us a little bit about a song earlier. Yes. So, um, you know, um, and, and this might, let me just preface it by saying that, you know, um, we don't really listen to Miley Cyrus. You know, I love her music, but that's not a request that my sons, you know, request in our in our home. They, they ask for Shawn Mendes, even, you know, ACDC and Kanto has been on repeat recently. Uh, but not, you know, I never really get to listen uh, and like truly listen to Miley Cyrus songs. Uh, I mean, I knew she exists. I know she exists and she, she you know, creates music. But not until yesterday, I was in the car driving to uh, pick up my other son from school. And my older son was sitting in, in the back of the car playing on my phone. So I was listening to the radio. And uh, Miley, Miley Cyrus' song um, titled The Climb came on. And so I truly, you know, it was quiet in the car. I was like really listening to the lyrics. And, um, and, the lyrics um, were really powerful and really spoke to me, uh, maybe because I feel like I'm still on my journey and I am now, you know, I'm 37. So I'm truly, you know, now learning that life is about the journey and not really about your, you know, your end result, whatever that might be, because a lot of times for a lot of people, the end result um, you know, changes along the way, whether it's they change themselves or life has different plans for them. Um, and as I was listening to the song, you know, this, this pop song that I would typically not ask Alexa to play felt so powerful to me talking about how it doesn't matter when you get there, even if you go slow, um, you know, it is about the climb and it is about the journey. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I am right now. As I mentioned, you know, I think when I was started the brand um, two and a half years ago, I maybe thought that, you know, I'm doing it and that's going to be the end result. Um, but I no longer feel this way. You know, I think that it's definitely, you know, I want to continue to work on the brand. Uh, I mean, the response um, from our customers has been wonderful and keeps me going <clears throat> every day. But I'm also passionate about other things like politics and empowering women and supporting women in workplaces, new, new moms, new parents, right? Um, and non-traditional families, like we all deserve to be here. And, um, and I found myself very passionate about it through my own experience because I, um, I feel like, you know, I would say you know, 85% of parenting duties fall on me. I still want to lean into the workforce, but how can I do it truly and 100% if 
I literally have a second job that is raising my kids and doing everything that comes with maintaining a home and making sure that my kids have everything for, you know, their book fairs, their, their projects, um, you know, all of that. I feel like there's so little support, you know, to parents. Um, and I, you know, I found myself very passionate about that, um, trying to drive change, you know, um, and, you know, in my own family and my own communities and, um, and supporting, you know, senators that are working to change that for, for working parents. Yeah, it, it sounds like you, you fit the bill so perfectly with our season of intentional living. It's, uh, it's really looking at all aspects of life and figuring out what's best for you and your family. And if that's not intention, I don't know what is. And, it, and it's a great segue to, to our next question, which is keeping in mind our season of intentional living. What would you say your why is? What drives you to make the choices you've made to become a mompreneur? You kind of answered it, but uh, maybe mm -hmm. deeper. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, it, definitely my family, you know, my my boys, um, but also how difficult it is to be a working parent, um, you know, in this country, especially when there are families like ours who don't have, um you know, a village around to support us. Um, so I think that was, that has always been my family. Like I, you know, I've wanted to be there for my kids in those early years. I felt very privileged to be able to do that. However, um, now with the pandemic and with all these, you know, expectations that were placed mostly on parents who stay at home or work from home, I no longer consider it a privilege because a privilege is you get to choose, right? Doesn't matter if you work, doesn't matter if you are a stay at home mom, your privilege is like you get to choose, right? You still feel like good about your kids being taken care of if you you know, if you choose your career or if you stay at home um, or somewhere in the middle, right? There's so many women um, having freelance jobs and working on, you know, part-time projects. I think the key here is the privilege, right? That's what, that's what empowered me. I, I chose this. I wanted this. About, you know, two and a half years ago and when the pandemic happened, I no, long, no longer felt like I had a choice. I you know, I had to be home because my kids, my kids were home, right? So this is what I also felt like the, um, you know, the government in our country uh, really just put too much on, you know, on the moms uh, in terms of expectations. So, um, you know, to kind of circle back to intentional living, I think that, you know, I try to be intentional, but I also think that, you know, intentional living and my why, like I try to always remember what my why was, but I think that it doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, there's so many like outside forces, such as the pandemic and the kind of country that you live in that impact that decision. Um, that it, it, you know, it, I think it's just hard to say that I've been like super intentional, you know, um, 
about all of my choices in the last couple of years when I was kind of just like forced to do a lot of things or not to do them. But yes, I think that, you know, it's, I try to, <laughs> most of the time I do try. And that's the interesting thing about life is that there will be variables that change the direction of what your original intention was. But if the intention is there, if it's pure, then your your desire was that I have a choice and I can mold my life style to accommodate my choices. But given that, you know, and then I remember when I spoke to you earlier, la a little earlier last year. Yes. <laughs> that even when, during the pandemic, you made intentional choices to bring more calm to yourself. Like you yes. would yourself for that run or you would light the candle. Mm -hmm. That is all part of your intention. Yes. Which really brings me to my third part of this question. What types of modalities have you um, integrated in your life? Um, such as yoga, mindfulness, and um, how does it support you? Uh, you know, I, I think of this um, often um, because, you know, my lifestyle and, you know, my family life changed and evolved, you know, a lot since, you know, my, my, as I mentioned, my kids are older now. Um, it's very different. I, you know, I remember Tanya, I remember when, when my Julian was so little, I would do podcasts, I would have him in a carrier because he just wanted to, you know, uh, and I would do pretty much, you know, 80% of my day with him in a carrier. Um, it's different now. Um, I have, most days, you know, a lot, like about a half a day is what I call my time, right? As moms, I felt often, oftentimes that my time, my life wasn't mine anymore. You know, even when I'm here, it's always my kids are here. It's homework, play with me, look at my battle, you know, help me with the Lego, you know, and then it's other things, you know, other needs, cooking and feeding snacks and bath time and read me this story. No, I don't want milk. I want, you know, it's my time. It's, I'm here, you know, hours go by, but I'm, <laughs> I'm serving someone else, right? So I really um, am grateful that, you know, we've gotten to the point where I have a few hours, you know, in a day where I can be very conscious about, you know, what I do uh, and how I spend my time. So um, I'm still trying to figure out what, um, what brings me joy, you know, what I truly like doing, um, because I kind of forgotten, you know, along the way being a mom for, you know, eight years, I, I didn't get to do a lot of things for a long time, but, um, I really enjoy, uh, listening to podcasts. I listen to different ones, but I am, drawn to crime podcasts and I typically just listen in the morning when I after I drop off the kids and you know I kind of look at my calendar what plan out my morning I listen in the morning because I can't listen at night because then I'm too scared <laughs> but um you know meditation you know every either every morning depending you know how much time I have in the morning before the kids wake up uh or you know always in the evening uh 10 minutes and it um you know it helps it helps a lot um <clears throat> um as far as you know other other you know rituals i i really enjoy um 
I don't enjoy, I don't want to say working out. Like I like hiking. I like being out in the nature. I have uh, found that doing, um, um, I've started going to the studio, the bar method, which is sort of like a ballet, low impact, high intensity. Uh, I like that a lot. So um, I try to make, you know, to do that at least twice or three times a week. Um, and, and it's great. Um, you know, but that's about it, you know, for now, I, I know that, um, meeting other moms and women, um, in real life is something that I love to, I mean, I'm that mom, like chatting to everyone in the, in a pickup line. We actually, <laughs> for my son's school, we stand in line and then we grab them and we walk out to the car. Um, but I love birthday parties and meeting other moms. I, I really crave that energy of, of being part of a group and, um, just, you know, really, yeah, we all have different homes, different, you know, lifestyles, but we have so much in common. Um, so I love that, um, you know, a lot, I love having friends over, you know, at our, we moved into a bigger space so I can, um, you know, have some friends over, we have a small, you know, circle of people. Um, but also having people in my home um, brings me so much joy. Like that's the only time I don't mind cleaning and, and purging and organizing. Um, yeah, so I try to do these things, um, you know, as often as I can. Um, but as you know, as you know, being a mom, there's, you know, there isn't a whole lot of time to also do that. Yeah, and it sounds like you really appreciate the social connection, aside from the modalities where you sit um, it, using your Calm meditation app or lighting a candle, just connecting with other humans. I mean, that's for sure. Even Tanya and I have talked about having a tribe and having other moms that can relate to you. Mm -hmm. It's a huge component of, um, I think, just helping us heal. Yeah. yeah, and feel I, normal, right? It's it, mm -hmm. there's such a like Shilpa said, healing aspect to it when you're heard, and then not only are you heard, but people truly understand what you're going through. Because mm -hmm. as you're talking about your, you know, your sons uh, uh, fighting about this, that, or the other, and you having to take care of the multitude of things that we have to take care of as as moms, it's it's totally not the same mm -hmm. as men i'm sorry i'm sorry all dads out there but it's yeah it's not the same and so just hearing it is like a right it's like a source of healing because it's like oh somebody who understands absolutely and you know for the longest time and i know i've struggled with sort of anger and the frustration you know management from from the beginning you know um i felt such I felt so ashamed that I had these feelings. I mean, I had these beautiful kids, they were healthy, they were, you know, I, that's everything I wanted. And yet I was just so tired and, and little things would frustrate me. And, you know, the sweet potatoes smashed for the millionth time on the floor, you know? Um, I felt a sense of shame around that, you know? Not that anyone has ever really said anything to me, but I also knew like, that's not the mom that I wanted to be. And that's not the human being that I, that I think I am. And that there was just, there were things in my life that I wasn't ready. I didn't know how to deal with in a healthy way. And, um, and I'm still working on it. You know, I think I, you know, I've gotten better, but um, I think that I, there's still a lot of work, you know, that I, um, 
or maybe it's just going to be for the rest. It's, you know, it's going to be like a continuous sort of work uh, practice um, to control, you know, my emotions before, um, before I actually attempt to help my children with controlling their emotions. And I think we're in this generation of mindfulness that is probably <clears throat> helping mothers um, understand motherhood, understand, because I can tell you for 30, I was working for so many years that becoming a mother was actually the hardest part. Like, oh, like there's this being that wants me and three weeks into it, or maybe what, three months later, I had to go to work. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, Magda's work. Next work, third act, <laughs> helping helping yeah. people in yeah. the U.S. Uh, not have to go to work so quickly because that is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, we will have to be back for that topic because that's a big, big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you kind of touched on this last question that we want to ask you, and it's giving us a little bit of insights uh, for our listeners on how to live with intention. I think you kind of touched on it pretty much a lot uh, throughout the, the podcast, but if you could think of one more thing as an insight. Well, you know, I think that, you know, when you become a mom, and I know every family is different, you know, partners maybe are less or more involved. So it's not a, you know, one size fits all, um, you know, advice. But I think that, you know, realizing that you can't get it all done, you know, um, at the same time, and sort of giving you of grace and space to say like you know here's the one thing that I'd like to accomplish today okay well if it's you know maybe three things I'd like to accomplish today and then everything else is um you know a maybe and for me um that often means you know for example Mondays I love Mondays because I get to actually like unwind from a busy weekend, you know, with my kids being here. And I often spend the first couple of hours in the morning, like cleaning my bathroom, listening to a podcast. I don't jump on my laptop and, um, and start working because I'm not sure if I would have the right attitude, you know, um, you know, and the right mindset. Um, so I think just finding these like little rituals that like work for you. Um, and one of the things that I do, you know, which I know a lot of parents also struggle with um, is not only, you know, being a parent and having kids, which come with a lot of toys and, um, and they like to leave their toys all over, you know, everywhere. And it's especially in the living room. Uh, one of the things I like to do, because, you know, also it's, we have to be realistic. It is not possible to have a clean house every day, all day, right? I mean, for me, like hardly ever any day, the whole house is clean. Uh, I kind of like clean one bathroom. Then by the time I get to the third one, that one needs to be clean, you know? So it just like never happens. Um, so letting go of that, like, perfectionist you know approach I had that you know before I had kids I used to I used to Friday afternoon was for cleaning like two hours I cleaned the whole house I put my legs up you know a glass of wine and watch like that no longer happened so letting go of that like first I had to realize gives me 
anxiety to be in a messy house. It is not realistic to have a clean house all the time with the kids. What can I do, right? Cleaning lady is not in our you know, budget right now. What can I do? So the guest bathroom is always, except not right now. <laughs> so yeah, you see it's, I mean, I just remember my son peed all over the floor, you know? So it's not clean right now, but it will be. Um, but I, uh, I, I asked my kids to leave this kind of area here. There's a fireplace, TV, you know, couch and the coffee table to leave it clean of their toys. They can have, you know, messy room on their beds. You know, I don't care as much every day, but sort of leave one area of the house when like someone can just like look at it, me, and feel calm about it. Um, so I think, you know, to answer your question, I think it's, you know, it's very uh, individual and unique to, to, to every person, right? Um, but finding what these little things are and letting go of perfection, giving yourself grace, um, I feel like it always works, you know, uh, to help us feel like we're a little bit of, you know, in control uh, enough to not give us anxiety. You know, Magda, just when you shared, though, that when I was single, I would clean and then now the new norm. As soon as you said not all of the part of the home can be clean, I was like, really? Okay, because <laughs> most of the week I would like clean like crazy on a Saturday and every week, this has been going on for years, I think <clears throat> I'm never catching up. Like I'll get two bathrooms in one part of the house and I'll think I'll get, I'll clean all Saturday. It happens once in a while where I clean every room, every floor. And what happens the next day? I'm like cranky. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, it also, it also, uh, you know, I grew up in a home where um, when we were little Saturday mornings were for cleaning the house and it would, it would be like four hours, you know, so until like two, after, 2 PM in the afternoon on Saturday. And I hated it because I felt like, you know, I really wanted to do something fun with my family. So I never want to do it. Like, that's something I don't want to do it. Now, does it mean like I want to live, you know, in a messy house? No, you know, I, I don't. But I also think that, you know, having that time with my kids is more precious than than cleaning on a Saturday morning. So that um, so that I don't I'm not even sure what, you know, <laughs> like, what's the purpose exactly? That, that goes back to the why, because um, truth be known, I clean almost every Saturday morning, but almost every time. I kick myself going, now I'm too tired to be present. Mm -hmm. Now you've worked, right? You worked so hard. You kind of want to just like, you know, sit back and enjoy a cup of coffee. But, you know, it's not really what you get to do with kids most of the time. Yeah, it's amazing insights. I mean, just hearing that it's okay and that you're not the only one who, who goes through that struggle because any mom listening to this will understand that, oh my gosh, I, I so can relate. Sorry about the noise, guys. So can relate about this uh, cleaning the whole house and then having it mess up the next five minutes after. So, so yeah, it's great insight. Yeah. Just be aware. And you know, I, that's when I appreciate social media. And I know social media, you know, you know, can be, you know, 
both for good and, and, you know, bad, but I think that um, there's definitely, you know, a trend towards showing, you know, the more authentic, more um, real sort of um, side of life and motherhood. And as much as I, you know, I don't like making the reels, I think that seeing people, you know, showing up authentically, often, you know, just how they, how they are and how they express themselves. It's, it's, you know, very refreshing than just like scrolling through someone's like, you know, carefully curated feed and thinking like, what way, hold on, like, that's spray tan. I just had a spray tan, but mine doesn't even look like this, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's, you know, it, I always had a problem with that. We always had to do it because, you know, we all know as business owners, you kind of have to be out on the social media, but I feel like, you know, there's also good coming out of it. And I've seen so many moms like showing their messy houses, showing what their, you know, kitchens in the morning look like. And I'm like, girl, you, you and I can be friends because that's my kitchen right there. Um, and I think that, you know, similar to what we were saying earlier, you know, sharing our realities and, and showing that, you know, not every day our kitchen is clean and the dishes are put away and the water bottles are cleaned, you know, brings us closer together and uh, makes us feel like, you know, yeah, we might live, someone can live in, maybe they live in an apartment, maybe they live in a big house. Maybe they're in Florida, maybe they're in New York, but there are experiences that are, you know, uniting to all of us, uh, whether you have a big thing or, you know, you can hide more dishes or a small thing. Yeah, so um, I find that refreshing. Absolutely. I find it refreshing as well, because as you are on this journey, we had talked about in the very beginning, um, these, this journey has its reality based in it and having other camaraderie of women. Yeah it in all aspects whether it's health insurance or time with your children or having enough time to spend with your spouse and then yeah. to the day-to-day -day reality like it's nice to know that not everybody's home is pristine and it just especially during the pandemic where everybody's there all the time at home yes 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 no i i absolutely agree um, yeah. And nowadays, the, the, the culture is more um, craving that authenticity. So yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky. I, mm -hmm. yeah. Hi, camera. Hi. Thank Hi. So oh, much, look camera. at you get that smile. Hi. Why? That is why Tanya is making this uh, second act. Yes. Exactly. One of these faces. <laughs> Magda, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure. You brought so many beautiful insights. Thank you. It was uh, I mean, I talked to Shilpa and I met Shilpa before, but it was so lovely to uh, meet you, Tanya. That would be nice when I see your, your name in the email, uh, I can, you know, put the yeah. two together. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Magda. We'll connect again soon. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Let me know, if, you know, if, if um, how I can, you know, help with promoting the episode when it comes out. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Stay warm, Tanya. <laughs> we'll be here in our 60s.
Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share. And continue to be omnipresent.